We're concluding our series on Believe today. This is the, the fourth and final chapter of this series. Uh, man, whew, it's been a good one. It has been uh, just, you know, as is with the Lord, so much above and beyond what I ever expected it to be. Uh, our first week we talked about, do we believe that Jesus forgives us? Our second week we talked about, do we believe that Jesus heals us? Last week we talked about, do we believe that we are a finished product? And before we get to today's message, I just want to pause really quick because um, I had a lot, I mean, overwhelming feedback from last Sunday's message on how it resonated or spoke to you or blessed you or whatever that might be. Um, and I, I want to ask this question because of all that feedback that I got. What does today look, if, look like for you, if you were one of those that it, the Holy Spirit really spoke to you last week, what does today look like different than last week did? Because it's one thing to receive this message and hear a message and go, wow, that really spoke to me. And then what happens? We walk out the door and life happens and it gets busy and complicated. And we find ourselves seven days later back in church and really even though the message resonated, nothing has really changed. But what we talked about last week is growth requires change, all right? And so I'm not saying that you had to do whatever it was that the Lord put on your heart and you're completely different, 180, right? But what steps were taken? last week to get you to that place that the Lord is taking you, right? Was there a conversation that was had, right? What, what was that thing, if you can point to it in this past week, where you put into practice what God spoke to you last week? And I'm bringing it up again because I believe the Holy Spirit was really speaking to so many of us in the room. And I'll be honest with you, my conversation with Jesse happened yesterday, all right? Because we had a week this week. It was busy, it was complicated, it was sickness, all that stuff. And so our conversation didn't happen until yesterday, all right? So if you didn't have that, if you didn't take that step, if it, if it ministered to you, maybe you need to go back and re-listen to it. If you missed last week, you can listen to the sermon on our website or on our app. But if you didn't take that first step, take it this week. Take, don't, just, don't just allow the, the word to be received in your heart and then, and then nothing change, all right? So I, I just want to hammer on that one more time before we get going with today's. Today we are talking about uh, really what we've, I mean, the sermon was preached in, in worship. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Um, honest, honestly, y'all, when, 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 you, when you preach every week and, and you hear the sermon before you get up on stage, it is the most encouraging um, thing ever. And, and uh, praise God for that. But we, we heard it today. And really what we're talking about today is, do we believe that Jesus is in control? Do you really believe that Jesus is in control? Do you believe that Jesus is the authority, is another way to put it? Do you really believe that? Because if we do, our lives probably would look different than they do right now. And I'm going to look in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. These are the last three verses of the entire gospel of Matthew. All right, Matthew is quoting Jesus here, and he is wrapping up Everything that he said so far in these three verses, and this is a bit of, this is a mic drop moment from Jesus that Matthew records that we are able to read and discuss even today. They're, it's so important, right? It's Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. It says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All right, 
What you're going to notice about today's sermon, and as you, as you study scripture, is that God deals in absolutes, all right, and praise God for it. In other words, there's no gray area with God, basically over anything. But what we see here specifically to today is about authority. And he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority. There's no asterisk there. There's no, yeah, but what about this? All right, well, what about this circumstance? Yeah, but have you considered this, Jesus? He says, all authority has been given to me. And here's the thing about great leaders that have authority. There's two things about them. One, they don't give their authority out. You, you see a leader that, that's supposed to have full authority and they start giving it out to other people, you're going to see a mess. And also the thing about Jesus, he has all this authority, but he's humble with it. And he's selfless with it to the point where he gave himself up. Right? He's, he's not this dictator. He's not evil with his authority. But he understands that it's all his. And he's never lending it out to others because others will manipulate it and destroy it. He protects it. And he protects us in it. But all authority here means that Jesus has all authority. All right? And he closes the last sentence of these verses, says this, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's another absolute. So Jesus has all authority. There's no asterisk, right? There's no special circumstance. And then he is with us always. There's no asterisk. There's no special circumstance. Yeah, but I really messed up here, right? I really disobeyed you here. I really didn't do this or I do that or you called me to do this or whatever. Well, I'm gonna leave you alone there. But I really feel alone right now. No asterisk, absolutes only. He has all the authority, and he's with us always. Oh, that, those two facts, those two truths should radically change how we live our lives. And if we really put that into practice, that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and that he is always with us wherever we go, in whatever we do, whatever we say, however we behave, that should change how we live radically. We should look so different than the rest of the world. What does it mean to you when you hear those things? Not because I'm saying it, but because Jesus, out of his own mouth, said it, and Matthew wrote it down for us. What does that mean to you right now, where you're sitting, if you're watching online, whatever you're walking through in life, when you hear that Jesus has all the authority and he never leaves you? Does that change how you think? Does that change how you feel? Because it should. And we have to remind ourselves of this all the time. Because even though Jesus deals in absolutes, a lot of times we don't. We put conditions on things. Isaiah 66, starting in verse 1, says, This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. I think it's, it's, it's really interesting when you, when you read these verses. That what, what I thought of first was this. It's, it's kind of funny how when you have Satan, you have the enemy versus Jesus. And how Satan is trying as hard as he can 
to be the full authority on earth. And he's trying really hard. All you have to do is look out the window. He's trying to destroy people. He's trying to reign on earth, right? That is his goal. That is his mission. Jesus is saying, earth? Earth? Earth's my footstool. You want, you're, you're going after earth? Heaven is where my throne is. It's like you're, you're trying to like ride a, a rusty, broke-down bike with flat tires. I'm flying in a jet, right? Like that's what you're going after? But what he's actually going after is us, after the people. And Jesus is saying, look, the earth, the things that you're trying to do, that's my footstool. I'm bringing my people to heaven where my throne is. And so let's just think for a second, y'all. Just, let's just take this picture and make it reality. All the things that we were fearful over, that we're anxious over, that we stress over, that we feel hopeless about, right? That, that are daunting in our eyes, that we lose sleep over. All those things Jesus is resting his feet on. These things that keep us up at night, right? When, when you picture Jesus with his feet up, right? Let's just take like the earth globe, right? Jesus is resting his feet on. That is not a picture of worry or stress. Jesus is like, I'm chilling, right? I'm chilling. When, when you think about anxiety and stress, rarely do you think of yourselves with your feet up. Jesus is going, those things in earth that are causing you all this fear and all this stress and all this worry and all this anxiety and all these sleepless nights, I am literally resting my feet on. That's how much I'm concerned with them. Why are you? Didn't you just read Matthew 28, 18 through 20? that says all authority is mine and I'm never going to leave you. Why are you worried about this? These things are my footstool. They prop up my feet. They don't weigh me down. What does it look like for us? Do we believe that Jesus is in control? Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 12. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, Jesus, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. It's almost cocky, right? It really is. It doesn't say that he frets until his enemies are made his footstool or he paces back and forth or he grits his teeth or he can't sleep at night or whatever it may be. It says he just waits. It's like, all right, y'all do your thing. You're gonna be my footstool one day. All these things that you are causing my people to feel, that's gonna be you. You're gonna be my footstool. All these enemies that are attacking Jesus, that are attacking us, that are going after the kingdom of God, that are going after the church, are, are, their job is going to be to just lift up Jesus' feet. That's their destination. Why do we worry so much? Why are we so anxious when in the word we read these things? Do we really believe that Jesus is in control? And I'm not just talking about the person next to you. I'm talking about you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it for yourself? Because it's clear. It's clear in the word. It's absolutely there. All. Short word, big meaning. All. Authority. All of it. Paul writes in Philippians 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, 
every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. How in the world could Paul write this? Don't be anxious about anything. There's another absolute, by the way. Don't be anxious about anything. What are you talking about? Don't be anxious about anything. Anything? Listen, y'all, the truth is, some of us in here, many of us in here, most of us in here, the alarm goes off in the morning, we wake up, we're anxious, right? Some of us in here are awake before the alarm, and we're anxious on whether the alarm's going to go off. It's like, is it going to go off? You're already awake, just get up, right? Just get up, or do this, check the phone, it's going to go off, I said it. Right, But we lay in bed anxious over whether the alarm's going to go off. Then it goes, oh, whew, it went off. Clink. Now I can be anxious. Now I can be anxious for the day. All right, The, the alarm anxious is over. Now I'm anxious for the day. What do you mean, Paul, don't be anxious about anything? Paul knows that Jesus has all authority. That's why Paul can go into prison and worship. That's why Paul can be beaten over and again and still continue on the mission of spreading the gospel. That's why we see all these stories of what he does in, in spite of all these dire circumstances because he doesn't look at the circumstances around him. He knows in his heart that, hey, throw me in jail. You don't have authority over me. Our problem is that we're so circumstantial with Jesus' authority. On Sundays in church when the worship's good or we got what we asked for in our prayer, man, all authority, Jesus. Woo! And when things get bad, maybe some authority, Jesus. But I don't know about all. When we feel alone, are you really with me always? Do we really believe? Do we really believe that Jesus is in control? Y'all, the, the truth is, the reason Jesus is able to wait for his enemies to become his footstool is because, like was said on stage earlier, it, there's, nothing, there's nothing to compete for. Jesus has already won. He died on the cross and he rose again. His throne is currently in heaven. He's not vying for the throne. It's his. All authority has been given to him. It's done. And so all he has to do is sit back and wait. There's nothing to compete over. The second that we turn our lives over to Jesus, that we, we, we profess that he is the Lord of our lives and he is our Savior, we are one. We are his. It is over. It is absolutely over. He says, I, you, are, you are mine now, mine, and I'm not sharing you with anybody. You are absolutely mine. And all of us in here that call Jesus our Savior, all those watching online, you are his. You are the son or the daughter of the God who has all the authority in heaven and earth. I want to say that again so you hear me. You are the son or daughter of the God who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Let's start acting like it. Let's start acting like it. A key point to this verse in Philippians 4, 6, 2 actually. It says in every situation, by prayer and petition. So we don't just sit back and go, okay, Jesus, I guess you're in control. Uh, so I'm just going to chill and really just not do anything. No, we go to the Lord over and over in prayer, over and over in prayer. We ask him the things that we need to ask. We tell him honestly what's going on in our hearts. Be honest with the Lord. And then it says this, with thanksgiving. It's an interesting little addition there, right? 
present your request to God. I don't know if you've seen this lately. It's been, you know, said by many pastors. There was this study done that the brain cannot function with anxiety and thanksgiving at the same time. Like you can't be grateful and anxious at the same time. Our brains don't work that way. And so God knows this, by the way, right? He made our brains. And so as Paul saying this, it's an instruction, not, not a hint at to do this. He's saying, don't be anxious, but with thanksgiving, pray. Because if you're thankful in your prayers over these things, you can't be anxious. It's not like, hey, add this, add this on top. That will sound really good. And I want to encourage you this morning. If you are really walking in fear and anxiety and stress and worry and all those things, change your verbiage. Not just in your prayer time, but when you're talking to other people. Start talking about the things that you're thankful for. But especially in your prayer time, begin your times of prayer, wherever that is, in the mornings, in the car, spontaneously washing the dishes, whatever it is, those are all holy moments. Pray thanksgiving to the Lord and watch the anxiety leave. We are wired. We can't do it. We can't do it. So maybe, maybe your child is a prodigal. Thank you, Father, that they're not dead yet. Maybe you have a, you know, a health report that's not great. Thank you, Father, that I'm alive today. Maybe finances are really rough right now. Thank you, Father, that we haven't starved yet. Start praying those things. And like, pray the promises, but pray the realities of right now too. Believe in the things that God is going to do for you and pray those out, but pray the right now thankful prayers. In other words, pray, God, I know that you're going to deliver me from this and thank you for that. But also pray, thank you, Father, that I am alive today. Pray the right now, the thankful right nows. And watch how God will move in those situations. Don't let the enemy in. Because the truth is, the enemy has no power over us whatsoever until we open the door and allow him to. That's the only way. So start praying prayers of thankfulness. Start speaking those things out to your friends, your coworkers, your spouse, your children. Let your, kid, your parents, let your kids hear how thankful you are for them, for your marriage, for, for the stuff you have in your house. If, you're, if we're only complaining about things to our kids, how do you... How are they ever going to stand a chance? They're always going to be wanting more. You say, man, thank you. Thank you that we have warm beds to sleep in at night. Thank you that we have food on the table. I don't care that it's vegetables. Eat them. <laughs> but they need to hear it, and we need to hear it ourselves, coming out of our own mouths. Spouses, tell your spouse how thankful you are for them. Tell them. Let them know. We need to be thankful. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 18. Listen to the, listen, listen. the words that he says to them. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you. The hope that he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people in his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power 
is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed, here it is again, all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. And check this out. For the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. There, there's, there is this desperation from Paul over the Ephesians. He says, I, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to the hope that you have been called. In other words, he's saying, don't you see? Don't you get it? Don't you understand the hope that is in Jesus? Open your eyes. Open your heart to this. There is an incomparable power of God that is for you. Open your heart to it. Don't you see what you have? Don't you see what's been given to you? Live with it. Live according to it. This life of worry and stress and anxiety, that's not God's will for you. There is a hope in Jesus. There is a power in Jesus. There is authority in Jesus. Everything has been given to him. And he says in here, for you. For the church. The purpose of God giving Jesus all the power and all the authority is for you. Do you hear me? I hope you do. What a revelation this is. All authority. It says he's been appointed to be head over everything. I love the absolutes here. But what Paul is saying is just because there's absolutes here doesn't mean you're receiving it. Open the eyes of your heart. It's right there. And yet we worry and we stress and we're anxious when Jesus has all the authority and he never leaves us. And yet we worry. He's going, those things are my footstool, y'all. What are we doing? Open the eyes of your heart to see what's been given to you. Do we really believe that Jesus is in control? Do we really believe that he has all the authority? Because if we really believe that, when the enemy tries to whisper those lies in our ears, and we wake up in the middle of the night, or throughout the day, whatever that is, we should say, shut up. Jesus has all the authority. Do we really believe? Let's open the eyes of our heart. Let's let Paul's words resonate over us. Incomparably great power for us who believe. It's for us. God doesn't dole out his authority. He's selfless and he gives it over for us. Can you, can you like, do we, I'm sound, I know I'm repeating myself here, but come on. God gave Jesus all the authority for you, for you, because he loves you. Because he's a good father and he protects his kids. And we should walk around so proud of our dad, so proud of our heavenly father. Like my heavenly father's the man. He will beat your dad up. All right. You can do it all. 
So these little fiery darts from the enemy, these lies that he says should just bounce right off of us. Are you kidding me with that? You serious? You're going to come at me with that? Because of what I read in the Bible is absolutely you have fallen. You are a loser to Jesus. On your best day, all you did was open wide the gates of heaven for all who believe. You thought you were killing Jesus. You were creating the Savior, you moron. So don't come at me with that weak stuff. I'm close to cussing. All right. I mean, I was like real close. Y'all thought I was like letting the point sink in. I was kind of like, oh, let's just calm down here. But it makes me mad, right? It makes me mad at myself when I let the enemy in. I just spent a whole day, I just spent a week worrying about this and letting him win when he has no right whatsoever into my mind, into my heart, into my life, into my marriage, into my kids, into my finances, into this church, whatever it is. The devil has no say and no power in Jesus' name. And it's the same for every single one of us in here. If we will walk in it. This is a new year. All right. What are we going to walk in? Are we going to walk in truth or are we going to walk in lies? Are we going to be a body of believers with our head held high? Or are we going to walk around with our tail between our legs like we think we're losers because the enemy has actually convinced us that we are? Let's open the eyes of our heart and receive this incomparable power of God that was given to Jesus for us. What do we believe? I'm going to go back to the beginning of this sermon and look at Matthew chapter 18 again. Because we, we, we talked about the bookend of that, those three verses, but I want to look in the middle. Because it's incredibly important what Jesus says here. Starting in verse 18. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. All right. So Jesus is telling his disciples, the last three verses of the Gospel of Matthew, right? Last words, mic drop moment. That all authority has been given to him. All authority, absolute, right? Then there's this word in the beginning of verse 19. Therefore. It says, therefore. All right, so because of this truth, because of this fact, because of this reality, that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, therefore, this is what I want you to do with it, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all people. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So this isn't just about us here, y'all. This isn't just about, okay, Jesus, you have all the authority. Help me to not live in anxiety and fear. Yes, those are huge. But with that, let's get other people to be able to live the same way. Let's grow the kingdom is what Jesus is saying. I have all the authority. 
All right, the devil is going to be on this earth at war for all of you. But what I'm saying to you, disciples, is I've already won. So go get him. Because the devil's trying to kill him. Go get him. Therefore, go and make disciples. Can you imagine what the church would look like if we replaced fear energy with gospel energy? If we, if we just took every, all this energy and time and conversation and, and all those things about fear and anxiety and we said, all right, done with this, I'm going to take that energy now, I'm going to bring it over here and say, hey, would you go to coffee with me? And I'm going to tell you about what Jesus has done in my life. I'm going to tell you why I don't walk in fear and anxiety anymore. Hey, would you come to church with me? Hey, would you come to a community group with me? Hey, would you come to the well with me? Whatever it might be. In all that time, all those resources, all that stuff that we used to use on stuff that isn't scriptural, fear and anxiety and worry, we said, all right, now I'm going to take that. I'm going to apply it over here. I'm going to therefore. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what the church would look like? There's, there's no greater encouragement to our own lives than we see pe- when we see other people get saved. When we start seeing other people get baptized, start coming to church, it changes us, right? We get to feed off that, praise God. And that's what we're called to do. The command is, therefore, go. Therefore, go. So, back to the original question. Do we believe that Jesus is in control? Because if we do, now we're freed up to do some heaven work. Now we're freed up to do some kingdom work. Start telling other people about Jesus. But we're, if we're so consumed with our own things, all these own fears, we're not going to have the time. Because now we're in prison. We're in a prison of our own fear and worry. And the devil says, I want you to stay right there. You just stay right there. But when we're freed of those things, we can then therefore go. We can then therefore go. And I want to I want to quickly pivot for one second um, and talk about this today. Because here we are entering um, 2024, and it is an election year. And there's already tension. It's already stressful. And I'm going I'm to preface this by saying I don't talk about politics from the stage hardly ever. And the reason that I don't is because nothing steals, at least in my experience, nothing steals the spotlight from Jesus faster than talking politics on the stage. If I spend, I don't know how long I've been preaching for, but here we are now, all of a sudden it's like, whoop, there's a change in the room. But I, I want to say this about this year. As we get closer to November, as we, as things start to heighten and tensions continue to mount. What is our role as Christians in this year? Knowing that all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. What is our role? It's what we just read. Therefore, go and make disciples. Because with a year like this, a lot of fear can happen. A lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, 
But if we walk in the light of Jesus, people are going to flock to Jesus because there is no fear, there is no anxiety, there's only truth. And I want to say this too, not to burst anybody's bubble, but I'm, I've never been there, so I can't say 100%, but I'm like pretty much 100% sure that when we get to heaven, whatever political party you affiliate yourself with, you are going to see people from the other party. I can't promise you that, right? But I'm like really sure. (laughs) So having said that, I want us as the church, the church, not just Beaches Chapel, but the church, what if we were a beacon of hope this year? What if we were a beacon of light? What if we didn't engage in all the junk? And where people want to to talk this, that, and the other, we just say, we bring it back to Jesus every single time. And maybe some of those people just get sick and tired of trying to talk to you about it. Win, right? Bonus. Or maybe they're like, hey, okay, let's talk about Jesus. Because y'all, that's what it's all about. The earth is his footstool. Now, we do pray. We do pray, going back to the verse we read earlier. In every situation, we pray. We pray for our leaders, whether we voted for them or not. We pray on biblical standards and values. And if you don't see that on the ballot, honestly, pray for who you should vote for. Don't not vote, but pray over who you should vote for. But let's open our eyes to those around us who are so consumed with this year, so consumed in fear and anxiety. Let the Lord open our eyes to those people and let us be a light to them. Let's pray for them. Let's go, therefore, and make disciples this year and replace our fear energy with gospel energy. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, if that's you this morning and you're, you're coming into this new year just hard in anxiety, hard in stress, hard in worry, I want to pray for you this morning. We're going to have the band come back up. And look, this is, a, this is a sermon, this is a discussion that you're going to have to own all the time. All the time. I would love to say I am a gifted enough preacher where it's a one-time sermon and everyone's fixed, right? But it's not true. You're going to have to own this over and over and over again. It doesn't matter if it's your first Sunday here or your thousandth. We all have to because the enemy is relentless. He is relentless. But God deals in absolutes, okay? And all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to Jesus. And he is with us always, even to the very end of the age. And like Paul said, let's open the eyes of our hearts to this incomparable power, this hope of Jesus that was given for us, for you. Listen, y'all, it is not God's will for you to walk in anxiety. It is not God's will for you to walk in fear. That is not what he wants for you. You are his child, and he is the God of heaven and earth, where heaven is his throne. Can you imagine how his heart breaks for us when he has all this power 
and we walk away from it and choose fear? Can you imagine what that does to our father's heart to see his children walking in fear and worry when he's going, are you serious? I created it all and you're mine. I gave everything to Jesus for you. My child, you do not have to walk in that. There's hope in me. There's life in me. There is not fear. There is not worry. There is not anxiety. There's only life and truth and love and patience. And I got you. You can rest under the shadow of my wings and you can rejoice. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. If we just wait on the Lord, if we just trust in the Lord, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in our hearts, we make our requests known to God. Let's stand up this morning. The band's going to sing this song that I just want it to wash over us this morning. Please worship along with us, but let these words wash over you. I just want to pray for us right now. If that's you, you're like, ooh, in your, in your mind, you're like, that's preaching to me this morning. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we, even as we spend this time this morning talking about this subject of you having all authority, it's, it's something that's so beyond us, it's really hard to comprehend. Impossible, really, to comprehend. But God, it's written. You said it, so it must be true. God, for those that are really chained to anxiety, are imprisoned by it, God, I pray freedom right now in Jesus' name. And you would break chains. And you would set the captives free, Lord. And we curse every demonic assignment over anyone in this room anyone watching online that the enemy has just paralyzed many of us with fear and worry and anxiety. We curse those demonic assignments in Jesus' name. By the name of Jesus, as we read, that has all the authority in heaven and earth and under the earth. Jesus, yes, we speak the name of Jesus over thoughts, over sleepless nights, over fear, and in Jesus' name, we say that you would replace it with peace and grace and mercy and love and encouragement and life, Lord God. Life, Lord. And Father, just as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, we pray now, Lord, that you would open the eyes of our heart, bring us back to that hope of incomparable power that you have given Jesus Christ for us. God, that in the moments to come, that are, that are surely coming because the enemy is going to come after us after talking about something like this. That we would remember this and we would own it. We would stand firm in the truth that you are Jesus in control. That when we ask the question, do I really believe that Jesus is in control? We would say, absolutely yes. We would be absolute in our answer, Father, as you are absolute in your description of your power. That when we hear the word all, we believe all. 
When we hear the word always, we believe always. When we hear the word everything, we believe everything, Father, that there would be no asterisk, there would be no exception, Father, that we would know in every situation, in every season, that you are a God who has all power. Set us free this morning. Set those free that need freedom. God, that have been weighed down almost not able to breathe, not able to live life, crippled by anxiety. We break the power of it right now in Jesus' name. We break the power of it right now in Jesus' name. You have all power, you have all authority, and we stand on that truth, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just want to close with this, y'all. There is not a minute, there is not a second, there is not a millisecond where Jesus is not in control. Not a millisecond where Jesus is not in control. You need to take that, own it, and walk in that truth and start living life again. The life that you were called to through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's worship.